Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy, best friends forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, man? Not much, Greg. Thursday, which means we have preseason football tonight. Very excited about that. Sure. But most importantly, yes. How was the kickball playoffs last night, Greg? Fill us in. I know everyone's dying to know. Uh, we have moved on to the final four. Yeah! And how many button singles did you have last night? Two for two. There you go. Two for two. Two for two. Classic Griggy. Yeah, man. It was good. We, let off, uh, we were down 2 nothing after the top of the first. Came in the bottom of the first. Beat out. A bunt single. And then the next one, everybody knew I was going to bunt. And they had everybody playing in on the left side. Just popped it right down the first base side. Nobody was in a mile of it. Came around to score both times. The top um, four in our lineup combined for eight runs scored and seven RBI. Well, that's pretty good. It'd be nice if the Yankees would do that. And we won 8-4. <laughs> we move on. Uh, semi-final game Monday night. You have some wheels, don't you? You used to be yeah. like a sprinter-ish kind of guy? I used to be there. I used to be fast. Not like fast enough to... You strike me as a guy that would be fast in like short distances. I am. Well, I don't want to say am. I think Once. you're probably faster than me. You want to... Do we have a race? You, you beat me up the stairs, didn't you? Well, up the stairs. That's different. I agree. I don't know. I, I used to be fast when I was younger and skinnier. But I still have it in my head that I'm fast. Like, fat, not fast, but, like, <laughs> fast for an average guy. Right? So because of that, I still act like I am. And I, I, I reach base. The cocky like I, attitude, Greg. Like, I bunt and I reach first base. So I'm like, I'm not slow. You know? Greg gets to first with his bunt single. And do you have, like, a little, like, salt and pepper thing you do to the, to um, the dugout? You know I, what? Oh, you probably throw up, like, the... That'd be cool. You should do that. When, when, when Jeff reaches base, we, we, we kind of just... The Jets we, we do the claw a bunch. Didn't the Mets used to do that, too? I think the Rangers started it, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I remember Elvis like Andrews... something that Jose Reyes used to do. I could be making it. I think it was all... I think it was a bunch of Dominican guys that started it. Okay. It might have been from the World Baseball Classic, and they just let out into the MLB. Um, but a bunch of guys are all going like this, and, you know, it's fun. I think we should set up a competition similar to our beer reciprocation. Sure. And if you want to come here and race Greg Sussman, I'm in. We can set that up. I'm in. And we will record it down the street and we will just tweet it out. You want to do a street? Or not, not a hallway? Hallway? That'd be a little bit tougher. So I used though. to, so when on bachelor parties, we would race down the hallway like a hotel in a hotel. <laughs> because I, I don't even know, because we're all very competitive people. And I don't know how it wound up like me racing people, but I was always down. I, 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 again, I think I have a little bit of speed. Of course, I've gained some weight over the years. But we did eat Los Pollos Hermanos the other day. Well, it was funny 
because yesterday I showed up to kickball and one of the players on our team was like, you look skinny today. I was like, thank you. And then we went for wings and fries. So you had to change that naturally. Well, so didn't somebody else say I look skinny when I wore on Tuesday? Oh, yeah. It was Wednesday. Los Pobres Hermanos Day on Tuesday. Was, I liked your shirt. Right. I looked skinny in the shirt. And then we ate fried chicken. <laughs> Greg's doing his best to, uh, Not to change his skinny. image. Well, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, now that I bring my lunch, I don't eat salads every day anymore. But I feel like I've actually, lo- since I stopped getting those salads, which are probably like, have like weird chemicals in them to be- keep the lettuce fresh every day. I feel like I've lost weight since I started stop eating those salads. Who would have thought not, not even salads are bad for you? I've been preaching this for about two years now, and it only took us until now. <laughs> what is it? August 23rd, 2018, to realize that salad is not good for you. I'm not saying it's not good. On the show. I'm not saying it's not good for you. I'm saying the salads we were getting there, for whatever reason, it wasn't helping me. Greg, we're going to talk about wide receivers today. We are. But before we do that. Are you leading the show right now? Is that what's happening? Something like that. All right. I just want to pump this out there because I need to fill this league. We're doing a beat Frank Stanfield league over at uh, playffwc.com. Nice. It's a $35 best ball. All right. The draft would be tonight at 8 p.m. if we could fill it. There's still about seven spots left. So for all of you listening, watching out there who want to compete against me, I know a lot of people ask us about you know BFF leagues. Uh, I don't know that we're going to have a season-long league that we set up because we're already in a ton of leagues, uh, but we do appreciate all your support regardless. If you want to compete against me, this is the way to do it. And you don't have to set your lineup. It's best ball. So um, the best ball scoring format automatically sets your optimal lineup each week based on your highest score. So it's really just draft tonight and then kind of see who wins at the end of the season. And it's only 35 bucks. It's so tonight. Tonight, 8 p.m., 12 teams, 24 rounds. Uh, st- I can't. Yeah, it's too long. 24 rounds. I, oh, yeah. I, I can't, I, I can't take myself away from the television for that long. We know that, Greg. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, I can't make that plan. I'm sorry. Maybe I'll ask Mike. Isn't, it, isn't, isn't Kinga gone for the weekend? Yeah, I should have set it up for tomorrow. Probably. Oh, well. Well, if it doesn't fill tonight, it'll probably go on until <laughs> <till> tomorrow. <laughs> okay, so I, I thought you were taking your... No, that's it. I, I, like, I stole the show from you. I did what I needed to do. It's yours again. You can have so it. you're done taking it. It's all yours. All right, we're going into the wide receiver threes, 24 to 36. But we ended the show yesterday um, with the last two guys in the rankings. And I had, as I said, um, I had the Detroit guys in there, uh, both Golden Tate and Marvin Jones. I had Allen Robinson in there, Brandon Cooks as well, and, and Juju Smith-Schuster made the cut. Demarius Thomas didn't. He was number 26 for me. And uh, a friend of mine... Ooh. A friend of mine who listens to the show every day, and we appreciate it, he, he texted me. He's like, dude, like, I love listening to the show, but like, you're out of your mind. Like, what do you mean? And he goes, this Demarius Thomas hate has gone too far. And I explained my side of it, that three years running, every statistical category has gone the wrong direction. He doesn't catch 100 passes in a season anymore. He's not getting over, he didn't get over 1,000 yards last year. And the touchdowns were six or under each of the last three years. Those are all negative signs to me. The guys that we have over, the Brandon Cookses, the Allen Robinsons, um, they are younger, and I think improving. His point was Allen Robinson playing in Chicago. Like He goes, I don't want to crown Mitchell Trubisky. He's coming off a torn ACL. He's had one really good professional season. Well, Demarius Thomas has had like eight of them. That was the Robinson point. Brandon Cooks had a good season in New England, but who knows what he will fit like in L.A. That's the Brandon Cooks point. And then when it comes to the Demarius Thomas side, it's, hey, yeah, he's declined all three years. Fair. But he's also finished as a top 20 wide receiver in each of the last three years. He's also had the worst quarterback play in the NFL over the last three years. What could you possibly expect from him? Now you're giving him a competent quarterback 
this should all change. Everybody loves Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, but maybe they were made by Case Keenum. I'm not saying Kirk Cousins isn't very good, because I think he is, but, you know, look what Adam Thielen did last year. Look what Stephon Diggs last, did last year. You're putting that quarterback with Demarius Thomas. He should be back to where he was. That is a top 20 wide receiver, and he should be uh, selected as one. He's not saying, uh, the, 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 my friend who I went back and forth with, he goes, I'm not saying he's a top 12 wide receiver, or necessarily even a top 15. But to say he's not at least a wide receiver too, we're out of our minds. I told him, I go, listen, Frank's higher on DT than I am. I know there's some other experts that are higher on DT than I am, um, but that's kind of just how I feel. If DT's the, the highest rated wide receiver on my board, I'm probably going to go in a different direction. Frank, uh, what do you like and what don't you like about Demarius Thomas? So everything you said about him trending downwards um, statistically is absolutely 100% true. That's happened three years in a row now. We know he has dealt with injuries, uh, hip, groin injuries, hamstring he dealt with a little bit last year. He's even missed a little bit of uh, practice the past couple of days, but he has returned. Uh, So I understand for all those reasons. What I do like a lot about what they're doing with him, and I mentioned this very briefly yesterday, is throughout training camp, they've been running him in the slot. So what that does is it allows Cortland Sutton to play his more natural position on the outside, Emmanuel Sanders on the outside as well. But what did Case Keenum, who did Case Keenum target most last year? That was Adam Thielen. That was in the slot. And that's exactly where Demarius Thomas is now moving in this offense. And I kind of mentioned it. I, I tried to draw parallels between him and Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, once Fitzgerald, you know, got to the, the later years of his career right now, He started playing the slot more, and he was much more effective, and we've seen that with other wide receivers as well. Reggie Wayne became more of a possession receiver as well uh, in the later stages of his career. So I think Demarius Thomas is kind of headed down that path. What I I also like about him is at least 140 targets every single year. Like, you can pencil him in for 140, and I know some people are going to say, oh, well, Cortland Sutton is going to come in now. He's going to take some targets away from him. If you look at last year, They had like a mishmash of like wide receiver three, four options who just stole targets. Benny Fowler, 56 targets. Cody Latimer, 30 targets. Um, Jordan Taylor, 20 targets. Austin Trailer, 13 targets. So all these targets, you kind of add those up. Some of them are going to go towards Sanders, but you could still get your, I don't know, anywhere from maybe 70, 75 targets for Cortland Sutton. He's a rookie. He's going to fill that void of Demarius Thomas once he leaves this team. Uh, But I don't think that we're expecting a huge role for Cortland Sutton his first year. He'll, he'll, he'll have some big games. He'll be inconsistent. But this is still Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. What I do agree with you is I like the value that you're getting on Emmanuel Sanders right now in that if you want a part of this Broncos passing game, why wouldn't you just wait two rounds or three rounds and get Sanders in the sixth or seventh round who really is at the peak of his career right now in terms of talent and health instead of taking Demarius Thomas in the fourth round. So I understand what you're saying, but to me, Demarius Thomas is still, he's very safe. He's in that Golden Tate mold. He's going to have 130 to 140 targets. He's going to, I think he's going to be back over 1,000 yards this year. Uh, He led this team in red zone targets a year ago, and now he gets the quarterback upgrade in Case Keenum. So I think we could see a touchdown uptick as well. If he gives you 1,000 yards and six, seven touchdowns, he's easily going to be a top 20 wide receiver once again. And I think he can get to those numbers, Greg. I agree. Certainly when it comes to Emmanuel Sanders, and I've mentioned that before, I love the value that you're getting with Sanders. And I I understand the point of saying, hey, if you love Sanders so much for the reasons um, that somebody else loves Demarius Thomas, why don't you love DT? And 
I gave my reasons. The, the, the decline, ultimately. But maybe you're right, Frank. He moves to the slot, and he's a very, he's a very solid wide receiver, too. And maybe my misnomer is I don't want him as a wide receiver one, which I don't have to get him as. I think Demarius Thomas is like a fine wide receiver three. That's why I have him at 26. Like, if he's my third wide receiver, I feel very, very comfortable with that. But I look at the guys that I have in front of him. Marvin Jones, Jarvis Landry, Chris Hogan, Allen Robinson. Like, all right, you want to make the argument against Allen Robinson? I, 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 okay, that, that, that's fine. I, I don't think I could really fight it. But I think I'm looking at some of the upside of these guys and, like, really, really excited about it, which is why I have Demarius Thomas after him. I think it's a roster construction pick too, right? So say you start running back, running back uh, in your drafts. We spoke about that yesterday. Maybe you get a more volatile wide receiver as your wide receiver one. Say you end up with a Tyreek Hill or or an Amari Cooper as your wide receiver one at the end of the third round. You come back in the fourth round, you kind of pair that volatility, that upside play with one of those wide receivers with the safety, in my opinion, of Demarius Thomas. Uh, And then that allows you, you know, you balance the upside with the safety of DT and then in the fifth round, you come back and then maybe take a shot on another upside play, like a Corey Davis yeah. or, you know, someone that we should, we're going to talk about is just ascending. And it's like out of this world right now, Marquise Goodwin, if you want to take that shot too. So I think it's about roster construction. Maybe if you have a more stable wide receiver, one that you drafted in the first and second round, yep. you don't take Demarius Thomas because you don't see much upside. Maybe you want to take more of a shot on a Josh Gordon or a, uh, or a Juju Smith-Schuster who has more upside than him. I think it's about roster, roster construction, but I do think where he's going is fair value in the fourth round. I don't really have a problem if you wanted to take him there. Okay, and that's the deal with Demarius Thomas. Um, and you have Demarius Thomas ranked exactly where, Frankie? 20th. You, have, you do have him in 20th. Okay, so you have him in your top 20. Okay. Which is exactly where he finished last year. Yeah, and where he and he's been inside that top twenty each of the last three years. Guys that were on that we didn't necessarily get to last uh, yesterday. Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks, and Sammy Watkins. I want to, I want to talk about them kind of back to back because Brandon Cooks is replacing Sammy Watkins in this Rams offense. He signs a bright new contract, and Watkins goes over and plays with Kansas City. Let's start with Brandon Cooks. Cooks was New England's wide receiver one. He was, you know, Brandon Cooks, more of a not best ball player, but certainly streaky, right? Like he has good games and his bad games. What can you count on Brandon Cooks for in 2018? I think that's very hard to figure out um, because I don't know what the target share is going to be for him. Look, he's going to have more targets than Sammy Watkins did last year. Sammy Watkins was in the 80 range for targets with the Rams. They went out. They made an investment in this guy. They want him to be part of the offense. They signed him to that extension as well. So clearly they have big plans for Brandon Cooks, and we know that Sean McVay can get the most out of his offensive weapons. But there are a lot of mouths to feed here, Greg, and I think maybe this helps – Jared Goff more than anybody because I, I could see, you know, one week where it's Cooper Cup, one week it's Robert Woods. They take away from each other. But look, there's those guys. There's Brandon Cooks. The tight ends are going to be inconsistent, but they're going to be there. Todd Gurley's going to get his targets as well. So if I had to pencil Brandon Cooks in for, some, for, for his targets, I would say between 100 and 110. And, you know, he's moved down draft boards. He's more of like a fifth, sixth round pick right now. But he also has a very, very difficult schedule I, I I saw Jake tweeting about this and I think it's like something like the top eight cornerbacks according to PFF he will face this year yep and I think that he's going to be the number one outside target and I think he's going to be shadowed by a lot of those guys and if that happens maybe those are the games where we see uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods really blow up so uh, because of the uncertainty in the target share um the quarterback really like he's not playing with Drew Brees he's not playing with Tom Brady anymore and the fact that he faces this tough schedule 
I'm I'm fading Brandon Cooks. Even if he makes it into the fifth, sixth round, there will always be another wide receiver there, or I'll just convince myself to wait another round and then take someone else in the seventh round, whether it's an Emmanuel Sanders, a Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder. I just think where he's going, I'm just I'm never gonna want to take Brandon Cooks. I feel that I feel the, that way about him, the way you feel about Demarius Thomas, Greg. Yeah, and I and I, and I get that, but I also look at Brandon Cooks. Now, everything you said is right, right? Like every stat you gave, every belief you have is right when it comes to Brandon Cooks. But I look at Brandon Cooks differently than I look at Demarius Thomas is probably because of the youth. Like, you, you see Brandon Cooks, and you got to remember, the dude's not even 25 yet. Like he's not at 25 years old, and he's already been in the league for how many, I mean, how many years now? Five years, essentially. So going to this team with a young, offense, a young head coach in Sean McVay, I think that he will be able to maximize the talent of Brandon Cooks. The difference between Cooks and Watkins is Watkins got there literally right now in training camp. And it's very hard to learn the detailed offense of a guy like Sean McVay that quickly. Now, is Brandon, Brandon Cooks your typical wide receiver one? No, he's not six foot. He's not 200 pounds. He's not somebody that's going to be this monstrous red zone guy that Sammy Watkins is. But I think that Brandon Cooks definitely can have this awesome amount of value because he's so, so talented. With that being said, he's a... High, high, high upside wide receiver three, ideally. His, his ADP is pick 43 right now in Fantasy Pros. That's very high. It's very high. That's it, the fourth round. I've seen him more in the fifth or sixth. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I don't want to do it. Let's talk about Sammy Watkins and some of these other wide receiver threes when we come back. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That is Frank Stample. My name is Greg Sussman, and it is that time of the week every Thursday. We'll go back to the wide receiver threes, including Sammy Watkins, in a few moments. But it is now time to welcome in our good friend from Inside Injuries. It is Virginia Zakis. What's going on, Virginia? Hey, guys. Good afternoon. How are you? Doing well. Staying very busy with all of these injuries. Yeah, a lot of injuries as training camp tends to uh, wrap up. I know just a day or two left for teams as they get into their third preseason game. Now, the biggest injury or the, the strangest injury or the one we know the least about is what I asked you this morning, and I, I sent Virginia an email this morning, in regards to Travis Frederick, the center for Dallas that has a, a major autoimmune um, disorder of some sort. And the report from last night was that he could miss multiple weeks. I read something that he could miss the season. I don't know much about this uh, at, at all. And But certainly with Zach Martin banged up along the offensive line, Tyron Smith having back issues permanently, this offensive line for Dallas is decimated right now. How serious is this disease or disorder for Travis Frederick? Yeah, this is potentially pretty serious. Um, so he has Guillain-Barre syndrome. It's a rare neurological nerve disorder. So it attacks the peripheral nervous system. Um, it's going to affect his, you know, arms, legs, um, really any muscles and joints. So it, it typically starts by you feel some tingling in, 
tingling in your feet, your hands. Um, it leads to weakness and fatigue, which, you know, obviously all of that would affect him on the football field. Um, the earlier you catch it, the better. And it sounds like he caught it pretty early. And there are some medications you can take um, that help with the symptoms. Unfortunately, it's not something that's going to be totally cured. Um, and there's really no way at this point to say if he can be back um, anytime this season. I won't say it's impossible, um, but I don't think we can necessarily expect it. Virginia, should that mean that we should be dropping Ezekiel Elliott? Which is, it just sounds crazy because as often he's going to touch the ball, he's still extremely young too, but given all the injuries and, and these guys banged up on the offensive line for the Cowboys, should we be lowering the status of Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, yeah, at this point, I definitely would. Like I said, I really don't think you can expect Frederick to come back this year. If he does, you know, great. Um, but again, you don't know if the symptoms are going to come back. You don't know how playing football is going to affect him. Um, Mark Schlereth actually had this back in the nineties. He missed the second half of the season. I think it was the 93 season when he was diagnosed and he admitted that it took at least halfway through the following season before he felt like he really got his strength back. So, you know, that's over a year. Um, again, every case is different. Some people, their symptoms might calm down within a few weeks or a month. Some people could take years for the symptoms to uh, really subside. So we just don't know how this is going to play out. And as I was reading about this morning, or, or Chrissy Bones was telling me, like he thought he had a stinger. And that's what you were just talking about with like your, your hands or your feet or your neck aching and, mm -hmm. and, and not being able to get over it. And that's what Travis Frederick has. Um, and he's going to have to figure out how to, I guess, manage this and, and what medication and, and stuff like that. I think I agree with Virginia. And, you know, she does a lot more than I do. But this isn't something where, hey, it's a sprained ankle. It's going to heal and you'll, you'll be back in a couple of weeks or, or or hamstring like Saquon Barkley, it's serious. So I don't expect him coming back anytime soon either. Yeah, especially given the uncertainty, I would go on record to say I wouldn't expect him to be back this year. And I know, honestly, given the, uh, the medical advances that we have now, anything is possible. We know that. But I would, if, if I'm erring on the side of caution, I don't think that he is back this year because obviously his overall health comes before, you know, seeing him back on the football field. But everything I've read about this, like it can eventually make its way to your lungs and then you need a respirator too. So uh, with that being said, I wouldn't expect to see him this year, Greg. Yeah, I, and, and I think because of that, Ezekiel Elliott, unfortunately, you have to have that in the back of your mind. You have to. Do you 100% drop him behind David Johnson in all formats now? No, because I think David Johnson still has his, you know, the, the same issues. So um, I probably don't change anything. But I think you have to consider, just keep that it's in the back, back of your mind. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Exactly. All right, Virginia, let me get to some of these other uh, injured players. And in particular, um, I, I want to start with Rex Burkhead because it, the news came out over the weekend last week. There's a tear in his knee. And we all heard that. We're like, oh, my God. And then it comes out, no big deal. He had it last year. He's, pra he's back at practice with it. What kind of tear in your knee are you able to play with? I know torn meniscus is, uh, they wind up coming back a week or two later, but what kind of tear in your knee can Rex Burkhead have that he's practicing and, and seems likely to play? So it's more than likely either a meniscus tear, like you said, or an MCL tear. Um, MCLs, MCL injuries typically don't require surgery unless it's a full tear, which is pretty rare. Um, so it's possible that's what he's dealing with. Um, meniscus tears typically do require surgery. Um, not always, though, or he could, you know, try to play through it. And then if it, you know, continues to bother him, he could eventually undergo surgery. Um, we're giving him a six-week optimal recovery time for this, even though, we, even though we don't know exactly what's going on. Um, that means he really shouldn't play until mid to late September. So 
It sounds like now that he's returned to practice, there's a good chance he'll play week one. We're showing that he shouldn't. He's a very high injury risk. Um, you might also remember he injured his other knee last year and missed around a month towards the end of the season and into the playoffs with a sprained knee. So the injuries are really becoming a concern for him. Right. To me, Rex Burkhead right now is one of the hardest players to figure out where to draft because last weekend or two weekends ago now when we were drafting, he was going in the fifth round. He was really shooting up draft boards because of the Shoney Michelle injury. But I'm worried about this because he, he can easily re-injure this or aggravate it or make it worse, and then he's out for multiple weeks. If you ask me, the winner here is James White, who I just drafted in the 10th round of a best ball league. Um, but to me, figuring out where Rex Burkhead should go in drafts is one of the hardest things to figure out. Yeah, it's really, really hard. And, and even if the sixth week is the optimal recovery time, like we, don't, we don't know when it started. right? Like We don't know what the tear is. We don't know when he tore it. Like We don't know anything. About Rex Burkin, that kind of comes with the territory with the Patriots. Like, okay. I know you wanna li- we want to like him because they use yeah. him in every scenario, but it's scary. There is no definite injury. There is no definite timetable. We don't know what we're working with. And while injuries and drafting injuries and injured players are always scary, it's even more so with the Patriots because we just don't know anything. And you want exposure to the Patriots' offense because they're one of the most potent in the league. Uh, but for me right now, if he's still going in that fifth, sixth round range, I think I'm just looking in another direction. Maybe so a Jamal too. Williams, a Carlos Hyde, uh, somebody like that. I, I just don't know how to feel about Rex Burkhead right now, given this injury. Uh, Virginia, I wanted to ask you about the Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver position. Just kind of get some updates here because we got the report that Alshon Jeffrey could start the year on the pup list. Due to this shoulder injury, I think we had Dr. A on about a month ago, and he was telling us that that was a very distinct possibility, and that's why I've been avoiding Jeffrey in all of my drafts. With that being said, we wanted to move Nelson Aguilar up the board because we figured he could be the wide receiver one. Now, he's dealing with an undisclosed lower leg injury, which we don't really know much about. So what's going on with the Eagles wide receiver situation, and who will be there in week one? Um, so I'll start with Alshon Jeffrey. Um, he had surgery back in February to repair the torn rotator cuff. Um, we're sh- we showed all along a 30 week optimal recovery time, which puts his, um, you know, means his shoulder should be close to hundred percent in early September, but that doesn't mean that he's ready to play football just because his shoulder is fully healed. Doesn't mean he's, he's ready. He's still going to need a few weeks to get back into contact drills, um, really get his conditioning up to speed, that kind of thing. So starting the season on the PUP list is a definite possibility. Um, you know, just don't know what's going to happen there. But I think if you're one of his fantasy owners, you can't expect him to be anywhere near 100% until probably early October. Um, Nelson Aguilar, unfortunately, we don't really know what's going on with him. Um, his injury risk has improved to elevated, though. It was high when we originally learned about his injury. Um, it, it's looking like he's going to be ready week one. He's been doing some work on the side field, which is, you know, a little bit of an improvement. Um, so I think I think more than likely he'll be out there, but it's definitely something to keep watching over the next few weeks. We're chatting with Virginia Zakis from Inside Injuries, giving us the lowdown on the Philadelphia Eagle wide receivers. We were mentioning running backs and who to take instead of Rex Burkhead. And... A little bit later on, I've been kind of all over the Colts, and in particular Jordan Wilkins, as Naheem Hines has struggled with fumbling, and Marlon Mack has struggled getting healthy and being on the field. Mack hurt himself a few weeks back in the first preseason game, and I haven't read much about him since. What is the latest on Marlon Mack? So it doesn't sound like he's practiced at all since injuring his hamstring. 
Um, we're showing a moderate strain, which comes with a uh, four-week optimal recovery time. So he's really going to be pushing it to be ready week one. Um, unfortunately, this is also one of those situations. He spent most of the off-season recovering from surgery to repair a torn labrum. So, you know, we're just talking about Alshon Jeffrey getting the rest of his body in shape, even if his shoulder's healed. This is a prime example of that. Um, first game injures his hamstring. So um, un unclear if he's going to be ready to go week one. And max injury risk does remain um, elevated right now, so it's still there's still a lot of concern with him. Virginia T.Y. Hilton didn't appear in Monday night's preseason game. He is uh, suffering from a shoulder sprain right now. We already have all of the concerns regarding Andrew Luck. We know that T.Y. Hilton's fantasy value is tied into Andrew Luck and the health of Andrew Luck. But we also need T.Y. Hilton to be healthy as well. So dealing with a shoulder sprain... Um, what's his optimal recovery time and will he be a hundred percent come week one? So things actually look pretty good for T Y Hilton. Um, one week optimal recovery time. So he should, he should be really close. Um, he even returned to practice yesterday, unclear how much he participated, but he was out there. Um, and his health performance factor is already back up at peak. So we expect him to perform well, uh, be ready to go by week one. He might not play in their next preseason game, um, just to be safe, but, but he should be good to go week one. No concerns here. All right, there you go. That's pretty good news on Hilton. It's obviously very positive with T.Y. Hilton. We talked about him yesterday in relation to Doug Baldwin, in which we would rather, rather have. The fact that T.Y. Hilton should be good to go for week one should kind of ease some of those fears that we mentioned on yesterday's show. Yeah, and it's interesting, right? T.Y. Hilton versus Doug Baldwin right now. Both guys yeah. dealing with their own injuries, but I think the thing that separates Baldwin from Hilton is the fact that he has a 100% healthy Russell Wilson. And the target share we know is going to be there, like I said. So I'm still I'm still ranking Doug Baldwin over T.Y. Hilton. I think it's very close, but both should be in that 2-3 swing range, in my opinion. Over to the Buffalo Bills, A.J. McCarron went down, and immediately the thought was a broken collarbone, which kept Aaron Rodgers out for, for like eight weeks last year, and he's done it a couple of times. And then we hear that, oh, maybe it's not a broken collarbone. And he was back at practice in a limited fashion yesterday. All kind of strange. LaShawn McCoy, it's been weird with him too in Buffalo, given the circumstances surrounding his legal situation and an injury that has knocked him out of practice for a bit. What are you hearing and seeing and reading when it comes to A.J. McCarron and LaShawn McCoy? Yeah, so with A.J. McCarron, we're, we're showing a mild shoulder sprain. Um, needs around two weeks for it to fully heal, um, but he could be ready to go week one. Um, he's still dealing with some soreness, which is pretty common. Um his health performance factor is also below average for right now. It is slowly improving, um, but right now there's a little bit of concern, but again, not, not too much concern there. Um, LaShawn McCoy was actually one of the few running backs who started the season at a high injury risk who wasn't currently recovering from any off-season surgeries or anything. So we've been very concerned about him all along. Now he's dealing with this minor groin strain. Um, he also dealt with um, a mild groin injury last year, some general soreness early in the season, um, along with quite a few other injuries that included his ankle, knee, and wrist. Um, so LaShawn McCoy is someone we're telling everyone to stay away from in drafts. Um, he's still a high injury risk. His health performance factor is poor, and he's not going to be fully recovered from this until early September. Greg, is there any one singular player that has more so been crossed off, like, your draft list than LaShawn McCoy? Yeah. Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller! Really? Yeah. Even at his... Even where he's going? You're just not going to do it. Mm -mm. Even though he's 100% healthy. All right, well, that tells you how uh, Greg Sussman feels about <laughs> Lamar Miller. Virginia, I wanted to ask you about Delaney Walker because he's dealing with this toe injury, which 
I don't know how great that is, given the fact that he's 34 years old now. And, you know, I like Delaney Walker coming into the draft season because he's been incredibly consistent, and I thought he would be so once again. But he's now missed a couple of weeks dealing with this toe injury. Given his age as well, I mean, are we starting to see, like, the breakdown of Delaney Walker? Or do you have something that says that he's actually going to be better than this? Yeah, before the season, he's also one of these players that we kind of warned about. Lots of injuries, hasn't really missed that many games in his past, but he's always dealing with something. Um, we said this could be the year that it all catches up to him. Of course, now he's already dealing with this toe injury. It sounds like he either you know, got it stepped on or got kicked during a play. Um, if that's the case, it's probably just a, you know, a bruise that's pretty painful, but not too much of a long-term concern. But his lengthy injury history is a serious concern, um, and that includes multiple concussions as well. So he's an elevated injury risk right now. Um, I, I don't really see him being close to 100% at any point this season, even if he does try to play through whatever injury he happens to be dealing with that week. Yeah, Delaney Walker, one of the reasons I was not down on him, but not as high as some people were, is exactly what Virginia was saying, right? There's just a lot of wear and tear in the body. Yeah, he's played almost every game, but the wear and tear is going to catch up at some point. He's a big man that gets beaten down a lot. And right now he's banged up. He should be fine. You heard it. But long term... I just don't know if it's all sustainable. Well, you can't say all that and then still like Greg Olson, Greg. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg Olson was awesome until last year. It was the first time he got injured ever. Maybe that's all, all, everything catching up to Greg Olson. Maybe. Maybe it, is. maybe it is. Speaking of players that are always injured, Devontae Parker hurt his hand now. And it's the latest of the long line of injuries for Devontae Parker. Is he going to be good to go week one? No. <laughs> So we, um, we're showing a seven week optimal recovery time oh for God. his fracture. Um, you know, originally they said, yeah, he'll be fine week one. It's four weeks away, whatever. Now they're saying his week one status is up in the air. Um, don't think he's going to play. If he does drops will become a serious concern. He's probably not going to be as aggressive in his route running. Um, and as you mentioned, he's had all of these, you know, this long list of injuries in the last few years that includes ankle sprains, hamstring strain, foot fracture, um, <laughs> some pretty serious stuff, especially for a wide receiver. So I don't think he'll play week one. If he does, he won't be anywhere near 100%. He's a very high injury risk right now, a poor health performance factor. Um, things are obviously just not looking good all around for him. Greg, how are you treating Kenny Stills with this news, right? Because he's just firing up. Yeah. He is moving up the draft Lots board. Lots like Kenny Seeing Stills. him going in the ninth, 10th round, he could easily be the top target getter on this team. I'm telling you, the top target getter is going to be Danny Amendola. I've been saying that all. I've been saying that on a all per game basis summer. because yeah. he's going to play about six games. Right. Perfect. Virginia. We started with an offensive lineman. I want to end with an offensive lineman. Matt Khalil. It looks like is now week to week uh, with an injury. No, he had surgery. Now Christian McCaffrey has been shooting up draft boards because he's looked amazing in the summer. But this is a team that lost Andrew Norwell to, to free agency, lost an offensive lineman uh, due to injury. I believe he's torn his ACL. Now Matt Khalil is hurt as well. The Panthers' offensive line is really beat up. Yeah, so he had his knee scoped. It's the second time he's had this happen. Actually, back in 2015, he had both knees scoped. Um, more than likely, either like trimming the meniscus, cleaning up some scar tissue, um, dealing with a bone spur. It could be anything like that. We're showing a seven-week optimal recovery time, so he shouldn't return until early October. Um, I don't necessarily think he's going to miss that much time, but his injury risk is high right now, and it's going to be that way probably up uh, through the end of September. Um, there's definitely a good bit of concern here, again, because he's had uh, multiple problems with the same knee. So um, 
fairly concerned about his health going forward. And I'm worried about this offensive line overall for Christian McCaffrey. It's tough to balance what he's doing in the preseason, but then kind of mediate that because you have all these woes to the offensive line, these injury woes, and the fact that they lost Norwell too. So we already didn't like this unit, and now they lost uh, Khalil as well. I'm worried about the offensive line, although I do like the talent of McCaffrey. It's it's tough right now, Greg. Virginia, we appreciate the time as always. Let's do it again next week. Thanks, y'all. Awesome. When we come back, Wide Receiver 3 Talk continues here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Are you between the ages of 13 and 22 and love fantasy football? Then GM Genius is for you. GM Genius is the only fantasy football scholarship competition giving students a chance to play fantasy football and pay for your education. GM Genius won FSTA's Rookie of the Year Award in 2017 and has already awarded over $25,000 in scholarships. Go to GMGenius.com today and turn your fantasy football love into a scholarship. Let's get loud. Let's get loud. Turn that music. Hear that sound. Let's get loud. Let's get loud. No, Greg is serious when he breaks out the car wash. Oh, yeah. Love it. Love the car wash. Get your season ticket to Fantasy Glory right now. The 2018 Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Package. Uh, you know the deal. Frank's rankings are in there. That should be all you need. Use the promo code Frank the Tank. We'll give you 10% off the Exclusive Edge Package when you check out. Frank the Tank's promo code. You get his rankings. Uh, exclusively inside the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Package. Also, DailyRoto.com is putting more than $25,000 on the line for subscribers this NFL season, entering paid contests on FanDuel and bring you along for the free roll. Have your chance to win big this year alongside CEO of SportsGrid, Jeremy Stein, one of the only men who have won two separate million-dollar prizes. Each week, we'll select lucky subscribers to sweat with us and split 50% of the profits. No profits that week? All good. Your name goes right back into the hat for the following week. Head to dailyroadercom slash sweat and learn how to get in on the action and your share of $25,000. That's dailyroadercom slash sweat. Before we were talking to Virginia, we wanted to get into Sammy Watkins a little bit. Now, Sammy Watkins, I'm never that guy that grabs him. I, 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 he's one of these players that I feel like if he's the highest wide receiver on the board, I'll probably go in a different direction. I know there's a lot of Sammy Watkins truthers out there. Frankie, I'm not one of them. I normally am not one of them. I have him ranked as my wide receiver 27. Originally, I was a little bit higher on him. This is just this is a play to get... Some exposure to the Chiefs' offense. If you're excited about Patrick Mahomes, uh, I think their defense isn't as good as it has been in years past. Uh, But if you're excited about that offense and you want exposure, I think the best way to do so is if you can't invest your first-round pick in Kareem Hunt, you can't invest your third-round pick in one of Kelsey or Tyreek Hill, you use maybe your sixth or seventh-round pick on a Sammy Watkins. I think that's a good way uh, to get exposure to this Chiefs' offense. Look, he hasn't... He hasn't been what we've expected out of him, but I think the talent is there. He just needs the right opportunity. Um, I think the target share is going to be interesting, how it's going to be distributed with, with the Kansas City Chiefs. I could see all three of these guys in a similar range. Maybe, you know, Kelsey at 110 targets, uh, Tyreek Hill 100 to 110, and then I think Sammy Watkins is probably right around 100 as well. So maybe they take away from each other. 
Sammy Watkins probably a better best ball play. It's going to be hard to figure out, but that's why you're getting him as your wide receiver three, sometimes even your wide receiver four if you are stacking that position uh, because you can uh, you can absorb that volatility week in and week out based on where you're getting him. You don't have to pay the, the third or fourth or fifth round price tag that you have in years past. He's going a little bit later than that, Greg. You know, it's interesting because Corey mentioned it on Carton's show, and I think maybe I'll talk about it a little bit later on today as well. But Travis Kelsey's still going very, very highly. The second rank, the second ranked tight end uh, in fantasy circles. With Patrick Mahomes, like you don't know, what, like I, you know what the offense is. Like you do know that young quarterbacks rely on their tight ends, but we have no idea who the favorite target Patrick Mahomes is going to be. And like there are just so many pieces in Kansas City, I don't think every single one of them can be fantasy relevant. Like maybe Watkins is the number one wide receiver. Would that surprise me? No. Maybe it's Tyreek Hill. Maybe it is Travis Kelsey. Maybe Kareem Hunt. Like. There's a lot of names here, and I don't think all of them are going to warrant their draft status. Like Tyreek Hill is going as a, wide, a strong wide receiver two. Sammy Watkins is going as a strong wide receiver three. Kareem Hunt is a strong wide receiver one. Travis Kelsey, uh, running back one. Travis Kelsey is a strong tight end one. There is a lot of Kansas City players going very, very early, and some, if not all, are going to let you down at that draft stock. That's exactly my point for taking him if you want to get in on this Chiefs offense is if you don't want to invest that third-round pick in one of the Kelsey or uh, Hill Hill options, then you can get Sammy Watkins a little bit later on. And like you said— It's got to be a, there's, not a little bit later on. I want it to be relatively It's like two or three rounds later. Yeah. So that's just it just comes down to how you feel about that draft price, that fifth, sixth round. Sometimes I've seen him go as late as the seventh, but you look at the target breakdown one year ago, 123 for Kelsey— 105 for Tyreek Hill. Albert Wilson and Demetrius Harris combined for about 100. It was 98. So that could be Sammy Watkins, but maybe Travis Kelsey loses a little bit here. I think all three of them can be in the similar range of targets. And if you ask me if that's the case, why don't you take the guy who's going last of that group I get in that. the sixth round? Who does have the potential to be the best out yeah. of all of them, realistically? That's probably one of the reasons I'm not going to be in on Travis Kelsey this year. Juju Smith-Schuster is a name that, for you, like you were saying, hey, you're not, never really the Sammy Watkins guy. I didn't expect to be a Juju Smith-Schuster guy, but the more I've read and the more I've seen his draft stock fall a little bit... Join me. Join me, Greg. I'm getting in. I, like... The price has become right. I thought he was going to go for much more than he is going for now with the with his ADP. Like he still cost a lot um, in my auction. He was $31, a price that I wasn't willing to pay. But ADP-wise, I think he's coming in around the right spot for him, I think. Yeah, he's going in that fourth-round range, like I mentioned. I'm cool with that. Um, yeah. it's Look, if you want to take the upside play in the fourth round over Demarius Thomas, I get it. People have concerns over uh, Antonio Brown being the number one target, Le'Veon Bell being there as well. Um, and now we're seeing uh, the the rookie wide receiver, I mean, James Washington, uh, have a big preseason as well. But look, we were all excited about Martavis Bryant last year. He was going in the fourth, fifth round range. To me, Juju Smith-Schuster is a better all-around player than Martavis Bryant. He yeah. can get behind the defense. He can work in the slot, which is what they've talked about. Uh, they used him a ton in the red zone last year, too. And think about this. If anything happens to Antonio Brown throughout the season, you have a top 12 wide receiver. Agreed. Easily. So I think he can, based on the defenses zoning in on trying to stop Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, there's just going to be so much. Even if Juju isn't getting a ton of targets week in and week out, the targets that he is, go, is going to get are going to be quality, quality targets. Is Juju somebody that you're comfortable with as a wide receiver too, or does he have to be a wide receiver three for you? 
ideally you'd want him as your wide receiver three, but that's that's not happening in the fourth round. Yeah, I I would want a strong wide receiver one if I get him as my wide receiver two. Would you start your team Antonio Brown, Juju? Antonio Brown, running back, running back, and then Juju. I mean, the Steelers' offense is going to be great. I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's a terrible. And then draft Ben Roethlisberger. No, I wouldn't do it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned before Corey Davis and how he could be somebody that you pair with Demarius Thomas. Corey Davis, uh, right in the middle of this wide receiver three uh, circuit, Evan Silva was tweeting earlier this morning about Corey da- uh, about an article from a beat reporter in Tennessee of Corey Davis moving all around the formation. Last year he was in one spot and, and let's be clear, struggled out of that one X spot. Now they've moved him around to the X, the Z, and the slot. So he, he's everywhere in the offense. Um, Rashard Matthews still has, I don't believe, is practicing even though he got that contract uh, Super fixed. weird situation with very Rashard Matthews, Matthews right now. Not practicing, but gets an extension. It's very Co- weird. Corey Davis has that uh, first top 10 pedigree. We mentioned him earlier this week, I believe, when we were talking about Mike Williams. So Robert, uh, Robert, I don't want to say Robert Woods. He's next up for me. But Corey Davis, um, I think he's a perfect wide receiver three. I think he's a perfect wide receiver three when you have two wide receivers you like that are solid. Um, it reminds me almost of, in fantasy baseball, where you took a shot on a Luis Castillo and backed it up with a Kyle Hendricks because you had the safety of Kyle Imagine Hendricks. Imagine you did that. You wouldn't be doing very good in fantasy baseball. I'm in first place and I did that. I'm sorry. I mean, how did you do that? Because I'm awesome. There you go. Thank you. Uh, and I did that. And that reminds me of Demarius Thomas and Corey Davis. If, I, if I'm able to do it, and I don't know if you can manage that, if you could do that, I think you put yourself in a really good spot. Another guy you could do that with, too, is Golden Tate, right? If you do Golden yeah. Tate, Corey Davis, or... Jarvis Landry, Corey Davis. Right. Get one of those safe guys who you know are Larry going, Fitzgerald, to, Corey Davis. going to get those receptions. Uh, and really, they back up the fact that Corey Davis is going to have some volatility. The biggest reason, you know, some people might ask, why is Mike Williams going so far after where Corey Davis is going, yet they were drafted very similarly in the NFL draft? The thing is, Keenan Allen is still the number one target for the Los Angeles Chargers. So uh, you don't know what the target share ultimately is going to look like for Mike Williams, but... Corey Davis is set up here for to have that 25% target share, to have, you know, 120-plus targets this season. He flashed a little bit in the playoffs last year, the 60 yards, two touchdowns against the New England Patriots. And what do we talk about, right? We, yesterday we mentioned offensive coordinators, new offenses coming in. Mike Malarkey was, the, uh, was calling the plays for this team last year, a very, very stale offense for the Tennessee Titans. Now they bring in Matt LaFleur. They're moving him all over the field. This is what you want to hear about a young wide receiver getting more opportunity who could be the number one target in his offense. Love him as a wide receiver three. Really, really wouldn't want to take the chance on him as my wide receiver two. But if he's there in the fifth round and you already have two wide receivers, I love taking that shot because I think he has legitimate, like, top 15 upside if he gets that 120, 130 targets. I agree, and I, I'm someone that was burned by him. I, I held on to him literally all season last year. But at that draft price, as a wide receiver three, I will take my shot. Now, but before we sign off, YouTube, there's this crew of wide receivers that come next for me. Robert Woods, Manny Sanders, Jameson Crowder, Robbie Anderson, Devin Funches, Marquise Goodwin, and Pierre Garçon that I love. I, I, this is my, that's my tier. That's the order I have it in. And that basically covers the wide receiver three. Um, then I get some old guys like Alshon Jeffrey, Michael Crabtree, and Randall Cobb. But like these guys, this crew is awesome. This is where it's at to me. And this is why I'm going to wait a little bit in my snakes, take a wide receiver in the half PPR, because I can just feel like I can just stock up on these guys. Yeah, this is the perfect tier to, if you take two wide receivers early on, just kind of wait 
into like the sixth, seventh, eighth round and try Go to load, and try to load up on like two or three of these guys because they all have legitimate upside. Marquise Goodwin climbing, climbing, climbing up draft boards. Everyone wants the number one wide receiver in the Kyle Shanahan offense. Yep, that's how he's been talked about. But is he, he the one? Is he the number one wide receiver in Kyle Shanahan's offense? That's the way that they're talking about him right now. Okay, that he's clicking with Jimmy Garoppolo on all levels throughout the field. He's not just a deep threat. I think we saw him him evolve as an all around wide receiver last year. I still worry about the touchdowns. I don't know that he's going to be used all that much in the red zone. He'll catch a few deep touchdowns throughout the year. Maybe he's in that 5-6 range, but I think people are just pumping him up a little bit too much. If you, He's climbed into the fifth round of drafts right now, Greg. I, I, I tweeted out about NFFC ADP risers last night. He's inside the top 60. I think it was pick 57 over the last three days. To me, if you draft him there, you're drafting him for his ultimate upside. You're drafting him for his ceiling. I don't really like doing that. I think Randall Cobb's an interesting guy to, you know, he's, it's hard to figure him out right now. Trade rumor is revolving around yeah, trade, him last like, night. Last night we got the rumor that the Packers were shopping him. Ian Rappaport shut that down a few hours later. Uh, so you don't know how the Packers really feel about him. He hasn't been in training camp all that much. Like, he's still banged up, recovering from the I'll say this. In my, ankle surgery. In my auction league, I, I, I took for a dollar Geronimo Allison. That's I, a dollar make you holler right there. Exactly, exactly. If Cobb is traded, or let's say Cobb gets released and they try to save some money. You're gonna want to own Allison. They're owe, they owe him a lot of money this year too. I think it's like nine eight and a half, or, eight or nine million. It's in that yeah. range, so you know they can. It, it would be surprising, but maybe they cut him before the season. And look, they drafted a bunch of wide receivers. What does that tell you? Maybe they don't have all the faith in Randall Cobb. So he's an interesting guy. If you wanted to fade him right now in that round six, round seven range to take a guy like Emmanuel Sanders, who we've talked about, who maybe there's a chance he's the wide receiver one on this team this year. Jamison Crowder, who we've heard is going to have a great rapport with Alex Smith this season, and it really seems like a match made in heaven. Robbie Anderson, I think the most talented all-around wide receiver for the Jets. You don't know who Sam Darnold is going to target. Sam Darnold, I believe, the week one starter for the Jets. Uh, But then, look, there's a ton of guys here. Will Fuller has upside with Deshaun Watson back. He was great last year. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. Again, Nelson Aguilar, I think you just want to load up on as many of these guys in that round six through nine range as you possibly could. Frankie and I are very high on these wide receiver threes right here. With that, I want to sign off of YouTube right now. We appreciate you watching. As always, the Fantasy Football Frenzy does come your way next with Corey Parson, Jim Day, no Chris Ventra today. Uh, but those guys will have you covered going up for the next hour. So we appreciate you watching us on YouTube. And if you're listening to us on a podcast or you're listening to us live on radio, you do have us for about another five minutes or so. Uh, make sure if you're listening to the podcast, give us five stars. Uh, you leave a comment, you subscribe. It only helps us. So please, please, please uh, do that if you can. I also want to take this opportunity uh, to remind you that BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service, fast, easy payment of winnings, and you can play virtually every sport at BetDSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. BetDSI runs sign-up and deposit promotions year-round. For a limited time, use promo code FNTSY. BetDSI will offer you up to $2,500 on your first deposit if you're willing to adhere to rollover requirements. Use promo code FNTSY and try BetDSI That's BetDSI.com. The promo code is FNTSY. Also, Fantasy Factor is the only exclusively single-entry DFS site. They have free rolls registering all the time and great promotions for free prizes. Keep a lookout for Fantasy Factor's free million-dollar survivor contest opening about a week before NFL kickoff. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. State restrictions do apply. There's a tongue twister there.
Oh, you're laughing? All right, you got it, Greg. Is that why you were laughing? I have faith in you. It wasn't why you were laughing. All right. Uh, let me go to Darren in New Jersey as we open up the phone lines to end the show at 844-843-6879. What's going on, Darren? Hey, how's it going, guys? Going great, man. What's up? All right, so I'm a little stuck. I got a draft coming up. So I got the first pick in a 12-team PPR. I wanted to go Zeke, but now he have an off uh, some O-line issues. I don't know about that. So... For the turn for my two three, if I was to go wide receiver, wide receiver, what's a good pair you'd like to go for that? And then my second question, if you can answer, is who will be the second back on the fourth four or five turns I should um, target? Well, my short answer is to watch Frankie's whiteboard series at the top pick. I think that that's the answer, Frank. Uh, yeah, I think the first pick was one of the first ones I did. So you know, I recorded that in July. Things have changed since then, so uh, we'll help you out a little bit here. I think. Look, it's a matter of who falls to you at that 2-3 turn. Obviously, if you know one of A.J. Green or uh, Mike Evans were to fall to you, you take one of those guys. But I think more, more realistically, you're probably looking at T.Y. Hilton, Doug Baldwin, um, and the Vikings receivers. And in the PPR, I would rank it uh, Doug Baldwin, T.Y. Hilton, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs. I think you grab two of those guys to pair with. What I would do is take Le'Veon Bell first overall in the PPR. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and then in round four, round five, if you can get a Royce Freeman on that 4-5 turn, that ideally that's what you'd want to do. I don't know that that's going to be able to happen. Uh, it might be more realistic that you do the strategy that Greg employed in his auction is you take Mark Ingram and you pair him with maybe a Jamal Williams later on. A lot of good Chris stuff coming out with Jamal Williams, by the way. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff today. coming out about Jamal Williams. So, uh you know, if he is the guy, uh, you're pulling him up the draft board a little bit there. If you take him at the, the first pick of the fifth round, that's very early to take Jamal Williams. But if you wanted to make sure you get him, uh, you can lock down your RB2 position, that 4-5 or five swing. You can take Mark Ingram and Jamal Williams, Greg. One last call before we wrap up. It's Roland in Yonkers. What's up, Roland? Hey, fellas. How we doing? Doing great, man. We got under a minute. What's up? All right, uh, real quick. So I was uh, telling the guy I have a 12-team dynasty league. I have uh, Patrick Mahomes as my starting quarterback at the moment. Uh, we have a draft coming up. I also have Kareem Hunt. I have Alvin Kamara. I have Devontae Adams. Um, I'm weak at my second wide receiver spot. Um, right now I have Devontae Parker and Kenny Galladay on my bench. Greg Olson as my tight end, and I have uh, we got I 10 seconds, dude. What's your question, man? All right, I need help, bro. The, with the draft coming up, I need to know, should I draft a replacement or another quarterback? Or should I be targeting another wide receiver? You Target wide receiver. Target wide, wide receiver. receiver. You Absolutely. need that. That's that's the position of need in your dynasty. You're moving forward. You need that wide receiver position. For Frankie Stample, my name is Greg Sussman. The Fantasy Football Frenzy comes your way next, and we'll do it all again tomorrow. We, we hope. hope.